What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney On this episode Sean talks with entrepreneur Noah Kagan who is the founder of sumo.com and appsumo.com Before that Noah was the 30th employee at Facebook but was fired which ended up costing him roughly 100 million dollars He was also the number 4 employee at mint.com Instead of focusing on the past, Sean and Noah focus on the future and what he does to be more productive in life and business. Noah's approach to life will certainly make you question how you tackle your problems and view life. Whether you're listening for better ways to live a happier life or conquer the business world, this episode is a must listen. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm pretty angry today. Why are you having a shitty day, Noah? Oh, God. (laughs) Where do I send that check for this therapy session? Here we go. Uh, don't worry, no, I'm not man. too have pricey. You done, have you ever done therapy? You know what? I haven't. And it's funny because I've had some friends um, going through some stuff recently, and they've had tremendous benefits with it. So I've actually been looking into it. And the problem is, how do you, how do you find a good therapist? I mean, there's so many. We were talking about Woody Allen, um, and he's definitely neurotic and Jewish. And uh, one, he married his daughter, which is weird. But a lot of his stuff comes from therapy. And you could tell he's definitely going to a therapist. Uh, how do you tell a good therapist? I mean, it's kind of like the truth for anything. How do you tell a good wife? How do you tell a good employee? How do you tell a good like teacher or coach? I think a lot of it is is trial and error. And you know, one thing also is like, have they helped anyone else that you kind of respect or admire? That's how I found uh, a lot of the people I've worked with uh, in therapy. So, are you seeing a therapist right now? I'm not right now. I've seen a bunch over the years. Um, I've tried psychoanalysis where they try to blame you and blame your dad. Like, your dad didn't give you vanilla ice cream. That's why you know you're gay. And I'm like, what? Because of vanilla ice cream? <laughs> you know, you're like, I would have eaten the ice cream if I knew it turned me gay. Uh, that's psychoanalysis. And, and you know, I think in different parts of our lives, different things help. You know, sometimes you find a book, you find a friend, you find a podcast, you find a video, you find like some place, location, geography, whatever it is. Like, And it's you're like, wow, this is serving me right now. Yeah. Uh, and then over time, it changes. So... Uh, I think three time, three major points of my life therapy has been very helpful. One was after Facebook. I went to like a life coach. And I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of people who are life coaches have really shitty lives. Like, you and think I don't they're know just what, trying to monetize that? I don't know, man. Or like, where do they go to college? Is it like UC Berkeley School of Life? Um, <laughs> I've got, man, I've got some jokes here too. Anyways, these, so I went to a life coach and she was helpful because she's like, all right, so you're not rich, boo-hoo. And uh, she's like, well, if you were rich, though, you know, what would you have bought? And I made this list and she's like, you know, everything on this list you can actually buy now. What's on the list? This is like in 2006. It was like BMW M3, a house, I don't know, bicycle, maybe some trips. And she's like, there's nothing here you can't afford. And I was like, OK, that kind of makes me feel better uh, because, yeah, I think we think about things we want in life. It's, it's interesting. It's like stocks. A lot of people lately I've been talking like, oh, I should have sold this stock earlier. I should have sold it sooner. Um, it's interesting to reflect on like what you regret and you also never think you should have, you say, oh, I should have sold that blah, blah, blah. But you never say, oh, I should have made less money. Hmm. You ever notice that you never say, oh man, I really wish we just made less money this month. But you do say, oh, I really wish I would have not sold that stock or I should have got rid of it sooner. So it's kind of interesting on one side, uh, but not on the other side. Yeah, that is interesting. So that, w- that was helpful for there be there. And then I've gone for, I don't know, I went two other times. One was I was feeling like not horny and, and it was pretty feeling low. 
Uh, and so I just wanted someone, to, an outlet to talk about it. And then recently I went like last year uh, again. And I, I think what I've learned for therapy is that it should serve a specific purpose for specific problems. And then once those are resolved to some extent, uh, I would quit. Really? You wouldn't continue? You don't think there's more benefits to continue? I think there's benefits that, you know, I think about this because I think for myself, and I don't know if I could speak for others, but we feel a lot of guilt when we quit things. You're like, oh, I used to love playing basketball and I don't. And now I'm a quitter. And I think there should be some positive messages about like, look, I don't still wear the same clothes from high school. I quit those. And I still don't, I, you know, I don't do coloring books. I quit those. I don't take baths with my brother anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were and, you wearing in high school? I want to know what your style was. Honestly, I still wear the same shit, dude. <laughs> like, no joke. You're going to see. So now you're me. just a liar on the podcast. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> some things don't change. But like, I used to wear my Boy Scout uniform to school because I thought it was cool. Like, no joke. Because I was like, oh, this is cool. But, you know, I got my ears pierced in high school. I still have that. You know, I wore some clothes, shirts and pants that I still wear. But a lot of things that, we, you know, I think the thing is you have to realize, like, what stuff you're going to continue and what stuff you're going to change. And again, you have to evaluate, is this still serving me? And I, and the point that the, the clarity point is there are things that are not going to serve you, but they're, uh, there are things that are going to serve you, but they're hard. And I'll repeat it just to be clear. The gym, here's a good easy example. The gym sucks. I almost never like going, but it always makes me better. And I always feel better afterwards. So that's something that doesn't always serve me in that moment, but later it's better. The counter on that is that you might be doing a hobby and you're like, like disc golf for me. And I was playing a lot of disc disc golf. And at some point I was like, man, I just don't really like, I'm never feeling happier after this. And so it was like, well, why don't I find a hobby that afterwards I always feel better or it's, it's a good feeling afterwards. That's why I've moved over to mountain biking. And so I think the message is just in general is that just evaluating the things you're doing and, you know, trying to spend more time in the things you want and less times in the things that, that aren't fulfilling you. Yeah. What do you think you'll always continue to do? There's some stupid ass ones. I'm sure people would say like breathing and eating. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's not, <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like when you ask someone, like, how'd you get here? And they're like, an airplane. I'm like, oh, you're definitely going to be on my shit list. No, I'm asking because you do unique things. I think you you hire a lot of coaches to really perfect certain skills or work on just your overall development. So I'm curious, what do you see? What am I going to do? Yeah. I will say I'm on the coach front, man. I'm really proud of this one. I hired a fantasy football coach. Get out of here. No joke, dude. No joke. Every week we do calls and we like talk about the strategy. Not calls. We do text messaging on WhatsApp and strategy and like, oh, who should we go with? It's actually great. Wait, how did you find this person? This is a friend of mine who was like obsessed with fantasy football. And then everyone at our office was like, I want to do fantasy football. And I was like, man, I'm, I don't want to have like another girlfriend. I've already got a, a great girlfriend. And I feel like fantasy football and some of these things, I'm just like, it takes a lot of time. And uh, I asked my buddy, I was like, can I hire you for 10 bucks a week to, to coach me on my team? 10 bucks a week? Yeah, and he just gives me advice. So if you think about it, the cost-benefit analysis, I can win $400 in my company pool, and the cost to me is 170 You know, I think 17 weeks or how many weeks of football. So the net positive, if I win, you know, is 200 bucks. Yeah. Plus, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I like that. Well, what are some other coaches you have? And I can talk about things that I've continued, because that's something I've definitely gone back and forth on over the years. Uh, I have a Hebrew coach, so I do Hebrew classes every, every week. I have a fitness coach, Adam Gilbert from mybodytutor.com. Uh, I talk with him almost every day. Uh, who other coaches do I have now? We have a business coach for sumo.com. So someone who's already run another company and advisors who've uh, been very good at specific skills. Do you think those advisors really helped you guys at sumo? Oh, I, you know, it's funny because we're having, we always have, you know, you have issues with people that challenge you. And I think you need to have people that challenge you around. Like, I think more people would do better to have accountability coaches just in anything they're trying to accomplish. Like, hey, I want to not drink. Hey, I want to lose weight. Hey, I want to make money. Hey, I want to do a marathon. Just get someone who's going to talk shit and hold you accountable. 
And uh, yeah, our advisor, you know, he challenges me every time, like all the time I want to do something is like, well, what about this way? And I'm like, no, no, we're doing it this way. And the point is, is if you have someone around that's just always agreeing, uh, you're generally not going to make sure your decisions are the best decisions possible. I like uh, or, the, excuse me. No, no, I was just going to say, I like the accountability buddy. Do you, do you pay that person? So I have Adam, who's from my body tutor. He's become my accountability buddy. And so on my, I, basically what I do is on Sunday nights, I have three categories, workout, work, and personal. And I list between three and five per category. And with him via email, I review the previous week saying what I did and did not do. And then I plan saying, here are the three, three to five things per category I'm doing. And then I put them in my calendar. And every week he'll be like, hey, why didn't you do this? Or, hey, you did a really great job this week. And I think if you want to accomplish anything, you know, number one, get a blueprint. And number two, just have someone hold you accountable to doing the work that you say you're going to do. And there's pretty much nothing you can't accomplish. Uh, So, you know, even my fantasy football coach, I've actually been holding him accountable now because he wants to read every day. And I do think of an accountability coach because of friends be like, oh, it's okay. You skipped whatever. You got to hold someone that will hold you accountable and you have to have a punishment. You've got to have a really good punishment. So that guy, if he doesn't read every day, he has to buy me a $5,000 mountain bike. And so I'm really hoping he fails. Oh, I bet. I was really mad you picked up uh, the call right away because I remember you doing that one minute. If you were one minute late, you donate $100 to a f- your favorite charity. So I was really hoping you were going to be a minute late. <laughs> oh, dude, that sucked. So no. I've actually stopped doing that. I could only imagine how brutal that would be. Well, it was after, I think, three weeks of if I was even a minute late, I would donate $100 to their charity of choice. And it, it was about $1,000 after three <laughs> weeks. And I was like, and it was for a good cause and it helped. And I like, I was like, all right, I got the memo. I was actually going to cancel on this, uh, this interview, though. I wasn't actually going to be late. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. We've been trying to do this for, I think, five months now. So honestly, like, I was really pumped for it, but I was like, eh, 50 bucks says he doesn't even show. <laughs> Only 50. Eh, eh. So, no, that's kind of interesting. Why do you think I wouldn't show? Uh, just based on, I mean, I guess there's been six reschedules. And just to even get the initial scheduling took three or four months. You know, I have a friend, Shane Snow. He's a writer for, you know, LinkedIn and Inc. And he's putting a book out called Smart Cuts. And I just cold reached, reached out to him like maybe two years ago. And I said, hey, you're a really cool person. And I think more people should just reach out to cool people. And I said, we should be friends. Let's get on the phone call. And his assistant was like, yeah, he's free in six months. I was like, six <laughs> months? What, is he curing cancer? And, uh, but it, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Sean, because he made me wait six months, when I finally got the call with him, I was like, it was like talking to God. And I knew, and I was like, oh, I can't believe it's finally going to happen. It made me appreciate and respect him more. But I think the biggest thing for your audience and for myself and for people in general is that I think people give away their time way too freely. And we're too apologetic, like, oh, you know, fine, I'll just go have coffee with him. And it's like, fuck it, no. What's your, what are you really trying to accomplish? What are your priorities or priority? Just be singular. And is this aligning towards it or not? And I think we're just way too giving of a, of a society. And people are like, yeah, I'm not accomplishing things. I'm not where I want to be. I'm like, you know why? Because you're wasting your time. No, I just think in general, just people shouldn't be as should people should be less apologetic uh, about what they want to do with their time. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. I wasn't expecting you to be apologetic at all. And I'd almost be like, all right, if if I reached out to you and then a week later you're like, you're like, yep, let's do it. It's like, well, Jesus, you're you're really not doing too much on the productive end, then, are you? <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Here's two things I've learned. One, everyone has free time. Like Donald Trump or Bill Gates or Buffett or whoever you admire is on the toilet. They're gonna have some free time. The problem is is that you're not important enough for them to want to hang out. 
And so you have to figure out how to become a priority in what things they're trying to accomplish. So everyone is, has, is, is not that busy. You're just not that important is my belief, not you, but in general. The second thing, what I don't respect, and, and this is something I, you know, why I took the call today is that I don't respect when people say, sure, let's meet and then cancel. Sure, let's meet. And then they keep doing that tons of times of times. I didn't realize it was like five times. Uh, so I do apologize for that. It, it, it happens to me. I wanted to meet this guy who created this very popular vodka company and he sold it for you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and he committed to me. And so I'm looking forward to it. I actually had a flight change to be back to meet with him. And after the fourth time of him changing it, I was like, look, you no one's that no one's that much more important than me. And you should just say no in the beginning. Yeah. And I know there's there are times of persistence where you just keep going and going and going. I have a lot of those stories, too. It's just more if you've committed to things, then go with it. But I think people can be a little bit more diligent on their Sunday nights being like, what am I really looking forward to this week that I want to do and have that in your calendar and engineer that in your calendar? And what things are you just like, that's not moving me to where I want to go and remove that shit from your calendar. And I think people are just way too passive around that. Yeah, I want to jump into it in a minute about how you uh, engineer your calendar. But if you could meet anyone, who would it be? You mentioned that vodka guy. I'm just curious who you have your eyes set on that you really want to talk to. <laughs> You know, a lot of people for podcasts want to meet the superstars, like oh, NFL person and basketball people. And most of those guys have told their stories so many times, and I don't find them that interesting personally. Right now, who I'm looking forward to meeting, and he flaked on me yesterday, so I'm a little annoyed, uh, is one of the founders of these escape games. You know all these rooms that people do? Have yeah. you ever done one? Yeah. Dude, I love it. Me and my girlfriend do them all the time. Uh, and so you basically do these escape games where you go in the room, they lock you in, you have to figure out how the hell to get out. And I'm just curious, like, how the hell they come up with their games. Huh. And so that's a guy that I've, I've been uh, trying to meet for a while. So I'm going to meet with him soon. Um, you know what? That, that makes me think of something. So something I really want to do, never have anything to do with film documentaries or anything. You know what I think would be fascinating? A documentary following a high-end art heist hmm. from start to finish. So if you actually saw what it would be like to scope the building or the museum and then actually have cameras following this person as they do the art heist, do you think that'd be interesting? I never, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. There, what You know what, what I realized about starting a business, which I've done a little bit of? No, this wasn't a business. I'm just thinking I would love that. You mentioned escape rooms. I just thought this was similar. There's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, a document called Beltracci. It's basically like this guy, you know, skim the movie. It's decent. Um... B-E-L-T-R-A-C-C-H-I, where he does he does forgery. So he's figured out how to become like the best forger in the world. One thing that was even a really crazy one that I liked around like this forgery and stealing stuff, it's called Sour Grapes. And basically this like Asian dude is like yep, crazy. Awesome documentary. Yeah, crazy, like interesting Asian guy who like, you're not sure if he's a fake or a legit guy in the <laughs> wine business. Yeah, I, I love wine. So I was absolutely fascinated by that uh, on all ends. You know who I absolutely love that you had on your podcast? Who, I, who would probably be my favorite person to ever have on? Jesse Itzler. Oh, interesting. I thought that was your best podcast you've done. Why is that? Because you got things out. Of, I was I was just like, all right, you're going to go into Jesse's story, which will still be interesting. But I feel like you guys went deep and then he kind of turned things and went deep on different levels with you. And I just thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it's really interesting with certain mediums or is anyone who's creating things. I think more and more we should talk to the people like that are consuming it because I don't really, you know, I put out a podcast. I don't really know how people respond. And I think what's, what's been almost more interesting for me, Sean, is what things that I am like, this is the best one I've ever done compared to which one actually does the best in terms of downloads and listens. Oh, yeah. You know what? I actually liked when you did the longer form content. 
Mm, yeah, because I know you who, don't like like the high, the more highly edited kind of stuff lately. So what was it? Did you sit down with someone from NPR? Who was it? Yeah, it was a. Uh, I can't say his name, but a guy from NPR who was a producer for one of their popular podcasts uh, gave me recommendations. Yeah, so now you kind of follow those recommendations and cut down, and I don't, I don't know. I liked the longer form content. I thought it was just more intriguing. I think the long form is good, and I'm totally not opposed to it, man. I think what you have to, re- what I'm realized is that. There's only so much time people have in a day. And ultimately, you have to satisfy yourself. And so I think the hour and 15 minutes when I re-listen to them now, I'm like, I, I think there's there should be some meat and there should be some fat. So meat is is the the interesting aha moment. So maybe by the time someone's gotten to this point of the show, they're like, oh, I need to think about my week. It's a bit more, oh, I should get an assistant because that's actually an amazing way to save a lot of time and, and really improve my life. And that's the good stuff, right? Like that's the meat you need in different stuff. In different, um, in you know, in a podcast or in a video or in text, like meat. But you also need fat. And what's fat? Fat's jokes. Fat is stories that help teach those things. And so I'm trying to figure out where that balance of the meat and the fat are, where you're not just giving them, you know, too little of either of those. Because I think sometimes when you have like a whole plate of a bunch of shit, it's hard for people to finish it because they're like, oh, you know, the, I don't really care for the broccoli. Yeah. That's when a very you really, good point. at the end of the day, yeah, you need to just, and so that's where I'm trying to figure out the balance. Because I think what happened is I had these hour and then I cut them down to like 20. And then I've heard them and I'm like, man, there's no fat on it. There's no kind of things that are tasty and like enjoyable for me to continue finishing it. And so it's figuring out where that medium is for us. Yeah. I wonder if it's cyclical too for me. You know what I mean? Like where certain things, a certain podcast will really hit you. I'm wondering just right now in my life, longer form content's hitting me harder. And then maybe in six months, I enjoy the short content form. So who knows? But what's I think about- that, comes, that comes like Lion King, you know, like Simba, Circle of Life. It comes back <laughs> to the beginning, like things change. So- I was listening to a lot of longer form ones and now I'm like, you know, how I built this planet money, my show, and then streetwise Hebrew are pretty much all I can take. Huh? Interesting. I know we talked about this a few minutes ago. How do you prioritize your week? I feel like during that like five minute time stretch, you hit it, hit on that like six different times about how you schedule this, schedule that. What's your week look like? I think, well, I'll just say how I do it. You're how old are you, Sean? 30. 30. All right. I'm 35. So I'm, I'm closer to death. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think you on life. Oh God. I don't actually think, I think, if, <laughs> you know, there's a theory, which I fully believe is if you can make it to 2045, you're not going to die. And I'm like a hundred percent believing in that. So why is that? What research are you, are you seeing that you believe that it's based on Ray Kurzweil's like singularity concept and the overall concept. And I'll talk about my week. Cause obviously that's more important than living forever <laughs> is, <laughs> is basically, uh, by 2045, they'll be able to like synthesize and like take how we our brain functions and then put that in different objects. Yeah, no, I've been studying that. It, I, I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. It is. I totally cool. believe it. I 100% believe it. Like, it, there's no way that we can't get processing power to the point that you can actually like replicate what a brain is, and then all you have to do is download the knowledge, like your experiences and knowledge from your brain, into this system, and then it can plug it into another body. There's actually like a, a good fiction book if you like sci-fi called old man's war uh that basically talk it's this it's like you put your you take your knowledge or whatever it is and put it what kind of kind of body you want what kind of body would you put it in Uh, i I like my body so here's what i would change i would get asian i would get asian genes for like skin because they have like really good skin i'd probably take like like african-american for like athletic genetics um and then probably be like six foot i just you know i think a lot i'm five ten and like that six foot thing is just like man that would be cool uh, and then beyond that, no, I think I'm pretty good. I'm happy with the rest of it. Oh, I'd get hair again. 
So whatever whatever group has the best hair, I'll take that. You wouldn't go toupee? <sighs> Actually, my girlfriend now likes me bald. Really? Because like, I show her photos of me with hair sometimes or she'll see them. I'm like, look at that. You, you'd you have sex with that, right? She's like, oh, I like your bald. I'm like, what are you talking? Sometimes I think women sabotage us. Like they want us to look uglier so no other woman will fuck us. Oh, yeah, entirely. They're like, oh, you look great in that shirt. I'm like... <laughs> No, I don't. I definitely no, don't. I don't. <laughs> Women, I, dude, I don't know if you know this about your wife, but they're smarter than us and they're better than us. Yeah, they're an intelligent breed, huh? Yeah. No, well, <laughs> you know, I, I truly believe they are because there, there is a reason God gave them the children in their bellies, not us. Because we'd be fucking with it too much. Be like, oh, there's a belly. Uh. Do you want to have kids? I do. I do. I've gone back and forth on that, just like we talked about uh, this other stuff. And I can, you know, I can come back to the calendar. Uh, I think with kids, I wanted kids early on because I don't think you I think you have ideas about things you want and then life happens and then you're like I don't know if this is actually something I want or something I just thought we're supposed to do and I think that's that's kind of the common thing with like jobs and relationships and a lot of the stuff in life it's like oh you after college you get a job and after a job you get a girl or a guy and then you get a house and you get a kid and then you get two and then you, re- you get you know grandkids and then you retire and you go on cruises uh, and I think the more that, you know, people just start evaluating and there's no right or wrong way it's just evaluating what things you want in your own life and then what things you need to do to get that. And so coming back to the calendar thing, Sean, I think you'll like Don't this. worry. <laughs> uh, what I, I think at a high level, the way that I've you know started organizing my life, and you know, next year may, I'll, I might improve it in other ways, but the way I've done it so far this year, and I'm happy with it, is that I have a bucket list for the year. So in the beginning of the year, like I have a list of things I want to accomplish for the year. And that stuff I... That stuff I just... It's ongoing. So like, hey, is this something... Like what are things I'm thinking I want to do in the following year? So, you know, this year, and I have it on every one of my computers and on my phones and all this shit. So like this year I had a certain revenue goal. I had, a, I wanted to work in Israel. I want to go to the gym three times a week. I want to, you know, play chess. I want to foster a dog. I want to do a certain mountain biking stuff. And that then leads to my weekly, you know, kind of more weekly decisions. So that's a high level one, right? Like everyone should have a high level bucket list or goal and then break that down to smaller components. And so on my weekly as I told you earlier, I do three things, work, workout, and personal, and I list three to five things. Ultimately, those things should tie back to that bucket list for the year. So for the, I have a workout. Did I, you know, my workout says three workouts. So that means, and then I go on my calendar and say, am I working out three times this week? And I put, if not, I put it in my calendar when I have them on repeat. And the reason I have them on repeat is that I think the more that you can have defaults in life and defaults, choices, defaults in your calendar, then you can spend the energy on the things that matter. Because I don't want to think about, okay, am I working out Monday or when, what day, what day am I working out? No. Every day, Monday, 7 p.m., there's going to be a workout on my calendar. Every Thursday and every Saturday morning. And it's just automatic. And now I don't have to spend time even thinking about that. And so the more you can have that kind of stuff, it leads you to spend your mind, mental energy on things that are more important. And so, yeah, and then I, what things I want to do in work, and then I put them in my calendar. And for me, I'm like, all right, well, I know Friday I'm going to be doing podcast stuff. And then Monday through Thursday, it's only sumo stuff. So I schedule what stuff I need to do for the week. And then I just go do it. And then at the end of the week, I evaluate, like, did something else come up? Um, I think there's, there's two different ways that I've been trying to, and I'm trying to work on this, is that I think a lot of people are too task-driven, meaning that we just have a bunch of shit in meetings all day. And you probably actually need to allocate some time for just strategic thinking for your business or your life. So actually blocking out time that you're just going to read or blocking out time you're just going to go ride a bike or go for a walk or play some activity during the day uh, that's actually useful for your overall business. See, I need to do more of that. I actually need to block out that time because without a doubt, like when I go out and play with my dogs or we go for a walk, it's when I'm the most productive afterwards. So I really need to do a better job blocking that out. 
As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What events do you do that kind of like bring you the most productivity? The event, it's funny because I've thought a lot about how to be as productive as possible. And I honestly don't understand how people can not work eight hours a day and fucking change the world dramatically. Like in eight hours a day, I'm doing so much stuff. I'm like, I don't know what everybody else is doing. Do you actually and work eight a, hours a day? No, fuck no. I don't think that's actually possible. Right? Unless I you're don't, a robot. It, like if you walk around an office, people, they, you know, they take their little break. They're on Facebook. It's like, when are they working? I don't think anywhere close to eight hours. I think most people work 50% of those eight hours. Yeah, I agree. I think four hours of productive work is good. And like when I come over, like when I work at Sumo and I walk around, someone's like, they switch tabs. I'm like, dude, I'm on Reddit too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking around too. You don't have to hide it from me. But here's what I would recommend for productivity and being effective. A few different things. Number one, go, go buy a faster computer or phone. Like that, people always are like, what's the life hack? What's the fucking, I'm like, dude, just focus on the big wins. Get a better bed. You're on that shit eight hours a day. Get the best bed and sheets possible. Get the best computer possible. Get the best phone possible and learn how to use that shit or whatever instruments you're using the most during your day. Did you speed up the trackpad on your computer? Yeah, I speed my trackpad to the fastest. Learn how to type faster. If you're typing all day long and that's your thing, like if you can type from 50 to 100 words per minute. And I, in my interviews, I almost always ask for typing tests. Still. Do you race and, them in the typing test? I think that'd be fascinating for a new no, sumo hire. No, 
back of all. I have noticed that anyone and, and, under 60 words per minute is generally pretty shitty uh, to work with us. You should make this a Friday competition when you're interviewing new people, you against the interviewee, and then you, the people in the office get to bet on it. And then you could have rewards for your employees. Dude, that that's genius. We also did one where we did a push-up contest last week. I did lose. I think we hit I had like <laughs> 75 and the guy got 80. Was this last Friday? See, I'm wondering why you said you were in a bad mood today. Did something happen at the office? Why am I in a bad mood today? I mean, as my business partner would say, we choose our moods, right? And I think I hate when people say that shit because I'm like, well, I'm choosing to be a fucking whiny bitch right now. And, and, you know, maybe <laughs> Glad I'll I got you today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think we, we wear different lenses of how we're looking at the world and how we think others should look through the world. And I think I just woke up and I was just angry about some stuff. And it's just easy to... Uh, to keep choosing that feeling versus being like, all right, just let it go. And I, I think the reality is I should probably just go sit in a chair by myself and just like relax for a few minutes without the phone and then just like breathe. <sighs> you know, and then at the end, after that, I'll be like, all right, yeah, actually none of this stuff is really that bad. Huh. Yeah, it's all perspective, right? Dude, at the end of the day, if you're working online, making any kind of money or you have a job with a good family or good friends and you're healthy, like overall for 99%, I'd say for literally every single person who listens to a podcast, if you actually evaluate your life, life is fucking awesome. Like even my life, like, yes, I don't have hair anymore. Maybe I don't have a great body anymore. I think it's decent. You know, I'm not making as much money maybe as I want to have, but like overall things are fucking unbelievable. You know, like friendships are great. The, I get to work on things I like. I'm with people I like. I love my girlfriend. Um, you know, I can go mountain biking at cool places tomorrow. And then tonight I get, a, you know, someone's paying for my dinner. You know, like, fuck, man. Like overall, I really, all right, I'm done complaining. I'm no, just saying like, like for everyone out there, like life, really take a check, take like a chill pill and do a reflection, like look in the mirror. Like most things are pretty damn awesome. And I think in general, uh, for the most part, I feel that way. Just obviously, you know, sometimes in the micro of life, uh, you're a little annoyed at things. Well, you mentioned you're not making as much money as you want to. Can't you pretty much afford anything you want? It's all relative. So then why uh, would you be unsatisfied not, with how much you know, you're actually, making? Let me correct that. I want our company. You know, it's funny. The, the money is kind of a scoreboard. And anyone who says, like, most people who say it doesn't matter, I'd say are full of shit or they're already very rich. Because I hate when people are super rich, like, yeah, man, money doesn't matter. I'm like, it's because you're fucking rich, dude. <laughs> like, it matters when you don't have any. Uh, to me, it's more like I want to see the business helping more people and I want to see the business growing. Like, I, you know, AppSumo.com, I want it to grow as the you know, daily deals business for small business owners. And then Sumo.com, our email marketing software. Like, I like when people use our stuff and I want to see it keep growing. And that's the scoreboard that, you know, I want to see. And then money then subsequently comes from that. Do you get inspired as much now with Sumo as you did in the more startup phase? I'm going to ask this question and I do not mean this to be offensive. How do you like that same question about your wife? And this is not about me trying to like man, bro, anything. I'm just curious, like. Do you like your wife more in the beginning or now? And then how is it in the interim between those two periods? Huh. In all honesty, more now. I feel like I appreciate more things now. And I think her humor and comedy, I enjoy more and appreciative more. But I, I do know what you mean in terms of like that startup honeymoon phase, right? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, dude. It's the muffin top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? It's like, the, uh, it's like the whipped cream on your Starbucks latte. Like I only really want whipped cream. I don't really want anything else. <laughs> and so I think with business, like there's, you know, what I've noticed from people starting businesses and we've helped a lot of people do that. And, you know, I've started a lot that have failed and a few that have worked is that it's exciting in the beginning, then it gets boring and then there becomes some form of appreciation and mastery and, you know, same in your relationship. So I think in general, you have to understand like what things you do well in and what environments and what activities and then how do you put yourself more in that and then complement yourself with other people in those surrounding things. 
So for you with your wife, the reason I asked that is because that's what I assumed. It was good. You really liked it in the beginning. It was great. After year one, took a little bit of a down. And then now the, it's like a wine that you're like, oh, you're appreciating the nuances and the complexities. But, you know, week to week, things still may not be perfect. But overall, uh, things should be getting better. And I think that's the same with sumo. And so for myself, it's how do I keep myself interested? What things do I know really drive me? For me, it's like, how do we create new features? How do I get new people? Like, how do I get our customers to get results? How do I just go talk to customers one on one and see how they're getting results? And the more that I can spend my time doing that, the more that it stays interesting and exciting for me. Hmm. I really appreciate you shifting that. It kind of made me think about it in a different way. Uh, we were kind of hitting on perspective a little while ago. And then what has been the best day of your life? Because you, you think everything's relative. There's different perspective. Do you have one day that really comes front of mind? We just hired a girl who says, I hate favorites. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's your favorite thing to hate? <laughs> no, um, what's been the best day? You know, I... The way I'd like to encourage everyone to do it is we call them BDEs, and it's more of a best day ever. And so just think about what a best day ever is or what that would be, and then just go do it. Uh, I've had a lot of amazing days in my life. I've been, I've been fortunate, and I've also made some of that fortune. I'd say the one day that comes to mind was I was in Seattle, and uh, me and my friend Anton, who I work with, one of my best friends, we just like biked around. We had Bloody Marys. We got drunk. We had great food. And I, but I think the point for everyone out there, because no one cares about Noah, they care about their own lives, is that the reason that day was so special for us is because it was a lot of just serendipity. So we went to a restaurant and we just said, hey, where should we go next? And we just let the magic unfold instead of just having something overplanned. And so I think that's maybe something for everyone out there. Ch take a Saturday or the first half of your Saturday and just go to some place, a park, and you ask the person, hey, we're going to go get breakfast. Where should we go? And you just go wherever they say. And then at that breakfast place, you say, hey, we want to do an activity. Do you say to your waiter, what activity should we go do? And you just let that magic unfold. And for us, that that was one of my best day ever. Hmm. Is there something you've done like in the past year that just had a more profound impact on you than anything else? I feel like you're always doing these different challenges or different experiences. And I'm just curious if there's anything that you really liked. <laughs> it's funny. The, I'd say the first half of this year, I tried so many different experiments and challenges. And then I went to Israel in June. And I went for the whole month because I was on my bucket list. It was, I'll look up, show you my, my, I'll tell you my bucket list. Work remotely in Israel. That was one of my goals for the year. So all of June, I worked in Israel. And what was interesting about going there was that I didn't really, I really didn't have any habits and I didn't have any like routines because I was in a brand new environment, not a bunch of friends without, you know, with a new place. And so it was the most interesting thing for me about that. And the reason I, I was so excited about it is that it really helped me understand, okay, what really makes a difference in my life? What things do I really want to add in and what things doesn't really matter? And they're like tiny nuances. So for everyone else out there, it's basically like if your life was a blank slate and you could start everything tomorrow, what things would you keep? Would you keep these friends? Would you keep this work? Would you keep these exercises? Would you keep these uh, activities? And then create that and then go live that. And I think that that whole experience really helped me shed light on like, I don't give a shit about, oh, do I have a cold shower for a minute every morning? Like that didn't fucking make a difference to me really in the end of the day. But did I have a good sleep from a nice bed and nice sheets? Yeah, that's a big one. Or, you know, if I bike a lot, which I do, that's a big thing for me. So biking is important. So now I spend more on my bike. And not just about, it's not about spending money. That's not the point. The point is just like, look for the major wins in life and what habits, activities, people, work, all that stuff really are important. And then spending all your time on that. And then the other stuff that you're just kind of like messing with, just delete it. So I'm thinking of like the employee in Ohio who's saying, all right, no, that's great. You have this successful company. How does someone who maybe hasn't made a good amount of money, how do they do that? Is that possible for them? Shit, I, I want to fucking know. Where do I find out? Is there a book? 
You know what? Okay, so someone's in Ohio, and look, here's one thing. I've, I'm going to give you a life tip. Never, make fun, make, never, never, never make fun of someone's home state. I made fun of someone from Ohio 15 years ago when I worked at Intel. You know, 14? Some amount of years ago. And he was so fucking angry because I was like, Ohio, ha, ha, ha. Who's from Ohio? And that was the year that Ohio helped decide the election. And so I was just like, all right, never make fun of someone's state. That was a good life lesson right there. Um, but if you're, you know, I worked at Intel just like anyone else. I, had a, I was a cubicle monkey. I was literally employee 100,000. So here, here's basically three ways I would look at it. Number one, maybe you don't want to run your own business or make more money. And that's actually fine. It's not easy. It sucks most of the time. It just doesn't sound as bad when you hear Gary Vee spouting it on YouTube or you see someone in Inc. Magazine. That's only the one out of a million that it worked for. So number one, it's going to suck. So if you're okay with that, okay, let's go to step two. Step two, there's a difference between a side hustle and a side business. And like, I want to really run my own company. So if you just want to sell pastries or you created some type of thing for dogs or you created some type of service and you just want to keep it small, embrace that shit. I think we feel bad that we're not going big or something like that. And so, and then number three, if you want to start your own business, I'm not a risky person. I was going to say, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't use enough condoms in my life, but for the most part, <laughs> you know, I'm not really a risky person. And so my thought is that while you're in that safe ass job and you're bored, wake up earlier, stay up later and work on weekends for at least a year and commit 30 minutes a day. And here's what they're going to say, but Noah, I've got a wife and kid and uh, it's like, okay, then fine, then don't do it. No one's making you do anything. But if you want to change your job, if you want freedom, which I guess is the word everyone likes, then make that decision. But commit to it for one year, every day, 30 minutes, and I promise you, you'll get there. It'll be pretty damn close. Do you think freedom actually actually exists? Ooh, do I think freedom exists? You know what? No. <laughs> You're kind of always at someone's mercy. Right? I feel yeah, that way man. too. Like, you even got, what made you, what, what were you thinking? I don't know. I... Because you kind of mentioned like picturing your best day and everything like that. And I feel like no matter what, you're always going to be at someone's mercy. Like, you know, it's funny. Oh, keep going. Please. No, 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 no. I, I, mean, I want to get your perspective. I was just thinking when people say like, oh, man, I really wish I had a lot of money. What everyone should do that doesn't have as much money as they want. Visualize it. And they'll be like, well, I would quit my fucking job. Fuck you, boss. Ha ha ha. I hate you, Noah. You're bald, by the way. Ha ha. Sucks for you. And then what I would do is like, think about you just sit around all day because you have all this money. You'd be bored as shit. And so I think the overall point is not just about how to make as much money as possible, but more, how do you find things in your day-to-day -day life that you enjoy doing? And then how do you actually get that stuff now? Because there's a point like where I have money where I probably don't have to work as much anymore. And people ask me that, like, why do you work? Because I like it. No, am I not at the billionaire level? Am I even at like the nine eight figure like no but i have enough where like i live modestly so i don't need that much but the bigger point is that for everyone just create the life you want to live and then go do that every day don't dread sundays look forward to mondays it's a great perspective do you think do you actually really want to be at that monetary level the next step i'll just tell you how much i spend every month that makes it easier yeah i don't know let's do that my apartment is 2500 i own it that's a and you're in austin right i'm in austin one bedroom apartment, twenty five hundred. I spend probably in like food and drink, maybe two thousand a month, depending. Because I I generally eat out a good amount. I have a Trader Joe's above up like below my building, but so overall I spend about five thousand a month. And to some people that might sound crazy. So that's sixty thousand a year. So 
pre-tax, I need to make around 100000 give or take, which is not, I mean, nowadays, if you work in tech, that's not unrealistic. And if I, you know, if money was more important, if money was more of an issue, I would probably cut down on a lot of my like drinking and eating. And I'd get, you know, get it down and I'd probably change where I live to something a lot more affordable and further away from town. But to me, like, you know, to make only $100,000 a year to live comfortably is, is awesome. So you mentioned kind of like the risk. So then where do you put your money? Do you just have it all in cash? <sighs> Man, I'm reading Ray Dalio's principles uh, and you can get it. Yeah, I was going to buy that. Should I get it? Do it 100%. Okay. 100%. Buying Go right buy that this. today. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, where's my money? So here's how I have an article on okdork.com about, called Where's My Money? Here's exactly what I do with my money. Make an asset alloc- I make an asset allocation. And that sounds super fancy, but what that means is just it's just a pie chart that says, where am I putting my money? And commit to it. So say, you know, I don't know where the economy is, so I don't want a bunch of money in the stock market. So okay, I want 50% in cash, 10% in stock market, 30% uh, in index funds, or maybe bonds or whatever the hell, and then 20% in real estate. And then all you have to do is make that pie chart match your net worth. So for me personally, and I basically do my finances once a month, and I still use a spreadsheet, even though I help work at mint.com, which I recommend for people, and it is good. I still use a spreadsheet. Why? Because I think the intentionality of looking at your finances on a monthly basis is very healthy. Uh, there was a thing by Susie Orman years ago. I think 10 years ago I heard it. I still love it. Organize your dollars in the same direction in your wallet. And I still do this. And, and the point is, is that the, if you respect your money, there's a better chance it's going to work for you. So I have my dollar bills. If you ever see me, I want you to ask me, no, let me see your wallet. My bills are going to be organized. And also, I don't like carrying cash, so you probably won't have many bills. Uh, <laughs> but here's how I do my asset allocation. I'll just tell you exactly how I do it. I have 45% in cash, 25% in real estate, 25% in long-term, which is basically like stocks, index funds, index funds. And I do 5% in risky, which is basically 5% that I can just lose. I like the verbiage you use there with risky. I feel like you put a little risky on it. What risky. do you? Yeah, yeah. What do you have in your risky portfolio? Uh, let me see. You doing any blockchain or anything? I don't like commenting on that uh, because people like hack your shit. So no, I don't have any blockchain. There you go. Smart answer. Um, I've invested in three other startups, which will probably never make it that money back ever. <laughs> but it's fun to be uh, part of it, right? It's because I get to learn. So I think of it as it's learning and I get to see the insides of a business for some small amount of money. A friend of mine wanted to buy a church. So that was a risky thing because I'm not sure how well that's going to go. <laughs> And I haven't actually, I put in 15,000 and in the past three years, I've made 500 bucks from that. Uh, and then I've got a few other risky things I'm not going to say. Okay. I got you. So, I mean, do you think you're really good at anything? Fuck. Not really, dude. And people are like, look at different people and be like, oh, that guy's amazing. I think there's something to be said for like a lot of the people you admire suck. And then you finally meet them in person. They're going to be disappointing to you. <laughs> and they're not as great. They're not as great as you think. And they have bad days just like you. Uh, what do I think I've, if I reflect, and I think this is how for anyone who wants to start a business or wants to do a different job, all you have to do is reflect on your life or if that's too long, just do the last six months or if that's too long, just do the last month and think about the last time you got really excited or you really were doing something that you're just like, man, I am epic at this when you were proud of what you worked on. And that's the stuff that you were working on really late or really early and you were very excited about it. And so at the end of the day with what I've recognized for myself, I'm basically more or less great at two things. Number one, I'm an, I love promoting. Like I'm basically like a glorified party promoter, but I do it for tech, right? So I just love finding stuff that I think I enjoy and I think other people enjoy and then doing whatever it takes to help get the word out about that. 
And I think I've done, that's, it's kind of been my, I don't know, that's been one of my major ways that I think have helped me work professionally is I just like find things I love and then I do whatever it takes to get the word out. I think the other thing that I've done well, and I, I think when, what, what I've noticed, Sean, is that sometimes in life as we grow and we learn different skills, we don't realize how much we know that until we help someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then are you, hmm, are you kind of looking for people you can help out then? Cause that's going to no, help God, you no. grow. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, I do help two people. So <laughs> I, no, no, no. There's another part. Of, well, one, I think if anyone out there wants a mentor, they're like, Oh, I'd love a mentor. And you have to go mentee other people if you expect others to help you. So I have two people that every Monday we check in and I help them grow their businesses. Uh, cause I want people above me to give me their time as well. And so I think that's a, a reasonable expectation. What I was going to say, I think most people avoid the hard part of businesses. And I think that's where I've had some success where I'll move first and think later. And I think that's really, and you know, ask what I'm really great at. I'm very exceptional at just moving really, really quickly and very efficiently. Uh, it may not be as effective as other ways, but I just move insanely fast. And I don't mean to be arrogant. It's not like, no, it's, fucking, it's not anything about that. It's just like I move very quickly where I've noticed other people, they have a, they're afraid of starting or they feel like they need to get permission or they want to wait for certain things. I'm like, how do I do, how do I accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish? Like, let's say we start a business without spending any money, without wasting a lot of time. Uh, and I think that, that come, I don't know, maybe come, my dad's from Israel and my mom is like always busy working and she's a busy body. I don't know if those two things have really uh, left an imprint on me. It's interesting because you say you, you don't take risk, but then you also move really quickly. The way I look at it is I'm moving so quickly that it reduces my risk because I can find out really cheaply and fast whether it's something I want to go deep on. Oh, go and more I, into that. I like this. Well, what most people do is that if they want to start a business, and this scares me, that when people tell me this, I'm like, wow, that's scary. They say, I quit my job and now I'm going to start. And I'm like, that sounds crazy. Where when I started my last company, uh, when I start, let's just take AppSumo, I was consulting for Speed Date. I was doing product management. They were paying me like 5000 a month while I was starting businesses on the side. Eventually, AppSumo made like $3,000 in a month. And I said, all right, I'm quitting now. And that was after a few months. Uh, and the same thing with my previous company, Kickflip and Gambit, which was Facebook games. I didn't start that. I started that business at night when I was working at Mint and on weekends and in the mornings. And then eventually it made about 3000 bucks a month and then I quit. And so I think more it's like I don't take risks where I just quit like that. But I think other people just imagine that's what you're supposed to do. And then I moved very quickly to say like, all right, how do I get it to these amounts so that I can move forward with it? That's interesting. I really, I don't know. I just, I just like how that's, that's your approach there. And then you also mentioned the tech promotion. What, like what things in tech have really impacted you? I mean, just look at my resume. It's not, and it's not, I hope, I feel like sometimes I come across as arrogant or rude and it has nothing to do with that. But like, why did I end up at Facebook? Cause I was using it all the time and I wanted to get laid. And so I was like, Ooh, I can go work and promote this done. Mint.com. I love personal finance. It's a huge market. I like helping tell. I, like if you ever go out with me and you try to use a credit card, a debit card instead of your credit card, like it pisses me off. And See, I will talk that's, with that's what talk. I want to get out of this. I like those little things, even like speeding up your mouse trackpad. Like everyone <laughs> will use Facebook. You know what I mean? So like that would be the obvious like answer to this. But those little tactics you have that I think are just stored up in your brain that you don't even think twice of no one else yeah. is doing. And I think that's kind of helped separating you. Because you find these little ways to do things more efficiently and smarter. And that's one of those differentiators between you and other people in business. I was talking with uh, a guy. I don't want to name him. but he You're he, very I, mysterious. <laughs> no, no. it's Dude, it's not mysterious. Kidding, I don't want to. Because it's like if they listen to this, then I don't want them being like, oh, you're a dick. 
And it's, it's other, most of the times I'll share almost everything. Like I share my preferences, dude. Jeez, I was kidding. Know. I was kidding. Um, but I sent him Bumble, you know, Bumble, like the dating app, it's like Tinder, but the girls have to like, you know, message you first. Yeah. And he's like, dude, how'd you find this? How'd you figure this out? This is a crazy app. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm on the internet eight hours a day sitting at a fucking computer staring. Like if I don't know this stuff, then I'm probably not in the right space. And the second thing is, I love this shit. Like, to me, tech is fucking everything. It's like the future, it's been the past, and it'll be the present. Or it's present. Past, present, and future. And so that's where I want to spend my time because it's like I wake up and I read tech news. Like, that's like one of the first things I want to read, like what tech stuff is happening. Do you ever think about getting out of tech entirely? I know it kind of sounds like a dumb question, but I'm wondering if, if there's something else that you're like, you know what? If I could actually do that full time, I would love doing that. I will tell you two counterintuitive things that I've. Well, one's not counterintuitive, but one is that I've noticed about tech founders or people that are even very wealthy in tech. Number one, they're very, or the majority that I've met, and maybe I have bad friends, but the majority of them are very risk averse or not taking risk with their money once they make it. So they're, they might be risky seeming from how they run their company and make money, but once they get that money, they just want to know exactly where it is at all times. So that was kind of counterintuitive what I've noticed. And I think the, the reason is because I just don't want to deal with it. They're just like, all right, I just need that to be stable while I you know, have this unstable thing potentially on the other side. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I've noticed about tech founders or people in tech is that they really get excited about physical goods or real estate because it's tangible. And it's not. And from an egotistical standpoint, you can't actually show off your email list. You can't show off like, hey, look at all these like customers. It's like, I can't see shit, but I can see that restaurant. Oh, cool. He's got a sushi store, you know? <laughs> and so I think a lot of tech people buy real estate or start moving into physical products, or move into like um, retail stores because they want to see people. And so I think there needs to be some balance in the tech world about like how do you get closer or connect and, and see your customers or people in person, and also let go of the ego of needing to show off uh, the things that you're making. Hmm. Is there like any unexpected things that popped up, um, whether through Sumo or something else, that like really surprised you and brought you a lot of value? In, in what way? So, so meaning like, I don't know, say you're organically growing your email list and you're not even thinking about monetizing it at all. And then all of a sudden one day you got a hundred thousand subscribers and you're like, wait, I can actually do something with this. Did anything like kind of come out of nowhere for you like that? No, I think there's two, the way I've looked at it and my friend, I thought had a good way of putting it. Like, there's things that are hobbies and there's things that are businesses and okay, dork, my, you know, Noah Kagan presents podcast or Noah Kagan on YouTube. All that stuff is a hobby. And I've never really tried to cross the boundary of making it a business. And the things with Sumo, for the most part, I would say it's been intentional. Like we're starting a Groupon for Geeks business, like the AppSumo Daily Deal, AppSumo.com. And then we're like, hey, we should sell our own software about how we grew. And that became Sumo.com, our free marketing tools. And then we, we've done a lot of giveaways and that worked really well for us. And, and that became KingSumo.com. And there, I mean, that's not to say a lot of the other things that we've done haven't worked as well. And as well, even within those companies, things have not worked. Uh, but no, I've, I've kept things, most things separate. I think there's been, if you're interesting, like what stuff has serendipitously happened or serendipitously, my podcast, I would say, for instance, by doing that, it's been an amazing thing that's kind of lubricated me to meet amazing people or even like yourself. I'm talking to you now because of that. And so I, I think what, to some extent what people need to ask themselves is what things would I keep doing even if it was free? And the, if you have that mentality and you look for those types of activities, I would bet a lot of money that you'll find things that you really enjoy. And it also lead to really amazing stuff. So for me, like back in the day, I put on conferences, not because I wanted to make money, not because I was like, oh, I'm going to like build a conference empire. 
I just was like, there's certain speakers I wanted to hear. And I thought other people would enjoy it too. That turned out, I made about almost a quarter million dollars over two years just because I put them on for fun. And then even subsequently, it connected me with like Dave McClure and Max Levchin of PayPal and all these really famous guys now. Uh, but that was never my intention. So I think the more you kind of just do things that you're enjoying and you can and you keep doing consistently, you know, you'll probably have some good benefits of it. Yeah. I like wanna, even my, no, I want to hear more about your podcast. Give it a little plug here because I, I feel like I've gotten a lot of value out of it. Cool. Me too. No, I, I really love it. <laughs> well, I thought I would get like all these listeners and all this stuff. Uh, and I haven't. And now it's actually been going down a bit. Uh, and I don't know if that's a seasonal thing or, or what it is. It's also people have so much time in the day. Uh, but it's been an amazing thing. I just I do it for free. I have no ads. I don't do any promotion on it uh, to sell money or make money on it. I just like love either sharing stories that I've experienced or sharing other people's stories. Kind of like what I said in tech, like my love is finding things that I really enjoy and then sharing it with the world. And so like the Noah Kagan presents podcast plug, uh, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's been great. I'm, I'm looking forward to like, it, it, you know, my friend JR has a similar thing where he makes videos for restaurants and because you just start something, it's amazing what comes out of it. So because the podcast now when I'm traveling, I'm like, oh, like I, I got to meet the founder of Bonobos and that was really cool. Or I met this design, this guy who made a painting for me. I was in Boston this last week and I was like, hey man, we should meet and we should do a podcast together. And so it was just cool, like from the, the podcast is kind of my like vehicle for doing cool things. And so you could do that with a lot of different aspects. I have a friend who's a photographer, Kevin H or Kevin Hype, and he gets to meet all these like super very attractive women because of that. Because they're like, hey, I'll take free photos of you. Creepy. And uh, or, or my blog, you know, I would say one of the best return on investments in my life has been my blog, the okdork.com, where I've been doing it for free, no ad, nothing for 17 years since 2000. And the amount of people and experiences and things I've gotten out of it is just invaluable. You kind of mentioned the the artist photographer. Is there anyone else you really admire that you love the work they do? I'm thinking about like someone who does things with pure excellence. And you're like, wow, I truly admire what they do. I do think it's really fascinating because I think the people we admire, it's generally some reflection of ourselves that we're lacking or something that we aspire to be. So for me, it's like who's very patient and consistent for long periods of time. And, and that's a really interesting thing about uh, admiring. It's like, okay, well, what is that for myself? Like my friend Adam uh, from mybodytutor.com, I admire him because he's still, he's, he does the same thing every week and he, helps, he loves helping people with health. And he's been the same thing for like 10 years, I think now. And I admire that because I'm like, man, how do you stay so consistent over such a long period of time? Uh, there's a, I, I think in general, just like look at the products or the apps or the things you buy that you're just like, man, these are great. Um, Allbirds or shoes that are pretty hipster now and popular and, they're just like comfortable and good. I admire that. Like how do these people create a pair of shoes that's now like taken over uh, very popular metropolitan markets? How do you, what do you, where do you think business is going? I feel like there's so much turmoil right now. So many things constantly changing. Any predictions? Yeah, I had one yesterday actually. I was thinking about how in most, met, you're in New Jersey or where are you, Sean? Yeah, so I'm, we're just outside of downtown Philly. Okay, you're near Philly. What I'm noticing is that a lot of major cities are building more buildings. Have you noticed this? Go on, like- do you have okay, so they're building, but here's what's happening with society. Society is becoming a rent-driven world. Everything is rented, nothing is owned. So the winners are going to be the ones owning the major things that everyone needs. So people are like, yeah, I'm going to drive for Uber. I'm going to make 20 bucks. You know who's winning? Uber. Oh, I'm going to go buy a house and I'm going to rent it out at Airbnb. I'm going to make $10,000 a year. So I'm going to be rich. <laughs> you know who's really winning? Airbnb. And it just made, and then even with online businesses, Netflix, Amazon, the platforms that own the things that you're renting are the winners. 
and everyone else is just like getting the crumbs. And so it was just kind of, you know, I was thinking about all these apartment buildings that are coming in Austin where I live. And it's, you know, people are like, yeah, man, you know, like you got to own the building that people need to live in. And I think that kind of conceptually is like a very good mindset or mentality of, I think, where some of the businesses are going to have a lot of advantages in the future. I was just going to say, it's interesting you mentioned that with real estate, because one of the moves I hear is a lot of people are buying up um, tons of land out in the middle of nowhere because of how much better transportation is becoming with what Elon Musk is doing. So why, when you can take a shuttle from 50 miles away where you can own 10 acres in privacy and then be downtown in 10 minutes, why would you not do that? No, I think that, that that's exactly right. I think that that's one part of it, though. Where like, yes, because of Airbnb, you don't need to own as many vacation homes. And because of Uber and Lyft and all these other guys, you don't have to be as close. But the major metropolitan areas are, are the housing market, right? It's, it's moving to this apartment model. And so I think on the flip side, there's also something there where like, the, you know, if you want to win, maybe buy up all these tracts of lands other places. Hmm. Yeah. You think there's going to be a major correction coming up? I have no idea. I don't, you know, I've never, so one thing, I'll just tell you what I hate. <laughs> you got a lot of hate in your heart, let it out. Uh, <laughs> if uh, one thing I hate, I hate when people make excuses about, I don't know how many times, maybe you've said this yourself or you've heard this, but hey, uh, you know, I couldn't get a job because of recession. Or like, yeah, man, I came out right during that one crash. I'm like, you don't, there's never going to be a great time, right? There's always a, an excuse for something. And so I think people have to take responsibility. Like Jocko Wilnick's book, what is it? Uh, Extreme, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great message. And that, you don't have to read the whole book. It just means take responsibility for everything. And so if there's a downturn there or not, how do you become recession proof? Hmm. And that, that's, that's the answer at the end of the day. Stop making an excuse about what's not working. Just go become recession proof. And when the downturn comes, win. And when the market goes back up, you're still winning. Boom. Awesome. I love that. What's it called? I just realized we were over an hour, so I know we only blocked that off. Um, so let's do one or two more. That works for you? Dude, it's an hour. Didn't we just say we're going to end an hour? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where like, people just give up more free time. Yeah, two more questions, then I'm, I'm done, Ski. I'll ask Thank one. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so what's your scorecard in life? Scorecard of life? Uh, I don't know. I don't really think of life that way. I don't. I generally just think of life in like one-year chunks because I don't know if I'll be alive next year. And mostly, I would say, is it just like on a daily or weekly, monthly basis? Like, am I living the life I want to live? And if I'm not, how am I changing that? So, for example, if I want to live some, like, I don't like coming home to where I live now. All right, so what am I doing about it? So I'm looking for now a house to move in with my girlfriend next year, like we talked about in the beginning. And I think, you know, the more that people just change their situation to make the life they want to live, like, they'll be good. They'll be good. They don't need a scorecard. I think the one thing I would encourage people is just stop being comparative. Like, Noah sucks, or Noah's great, and now I want that guy with that. Just figure out what you want and then just go get it. That's an awesome way to end, Noah. Man, you killed it. I absolutely love this. How can the listener stay connected with you? Uh, check out our two companies, AppSumo.com, which is uh, Daily Deals for Small Business Owners. Sumo.com, which is free tools to grow your email list. And then if you like my voice and you're not like, oh my God, this guy's a psycho, or even if you like that too, uh, Noah Kagan presents podcast or my blog is okdork.com. Yep. Highly recommend all those. We are going to plug them in the show notes as well. Noah, thanks again, man. Cheer up on your Friday, all right? No, I'm in a better mood now. You, you got me. You got me happy. It is funny. You ever noticed how one phone call or one text can like change your whole mood? Like you can get a text from your wife saying like I'm pregnant, and that'd probably change your day. Or you can get a text from a customer or an email from someone like Hey, I passed away. Well, they, they wouldn't send it because they're dead. And then that would change your day. So I think on the flip side of that, given that that's such, such a powerful ability, like maybe we can change our attitudes uh, in a split of a second. Yeah, it can happen. Awesome. Thanks again, Noah. All right, keep it real. Later, man. 
As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.